Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of the We Study Bitcoin podcast. In this episode, myself and Steve are going to talk about Luna and Celsius, some of the things that happened over the last couple of weeks, how these companies actually generate yield and the fallout in the wider system. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, link the articles in the description below. It would be great if you could hit subscribe and also give us a follow on Twitter. Thanks. So, Steve, how many sats can I get for a euro this week? Uh, well, Mike, you can get about 4,600 sats for a euro. So um, it's a good week for stacking. It's not a bad week. I still think we can do better, and I imagine we will be doing better pretty soon. <laughs> oh well, undoubtedly, yeah, undoubtedly. That's what you. That's what you get when you when you enter uh, the Bitcoin world. Uh, you get a lot of volatility, and and that, you mean whatever about uh, Bitcoin uh, in the the wider crypto uh, sphere, you'll you'll certainly get a lot of it. Exactly. I think it was at the all time high. It was just was it about a thousand sats for a euro. Would have been around that, not far off it anyway. Maybe a little sure. bit more. Yeah, um, bit, yeah. Anyway, be greedy while we can. <laughs> um, so, well, you pretty... know, it, it, if if you're in it for the long term, it's you know, um, your your DCA is going to look a lot better <laughs> these days. You know, and you're going to get a lot more stats for your for your it's, couple of euros. It so. is great to see that average coming down quite slowly. <laughs> Like I said, long term, you know, if you're putting a small amount in regularly, it's it's not it's it's not too painful. Uh, very good. So another uh, eventful week, let us say, in uh, the world of Bitcoin and more pertinently in companies around uh, Bitcoin. Maybe not um, native Bitcoin companies, but um, we had a bit of a fallout with Celsius, which we'll um, discuss later. Don't mm-hmm. think anyone was overly shocked by it when the news came yesterday. No, no, you have been a you've been a persistent Celsius skeptic for as long as I know you and uh, well, as long as you've been interested in this and um, you know, when we started getting quite into Bitcoin, one of the things we were really interested in was these uh, companies that would offer you a yield for your deposit. Because, you know, you have your Bitcoin, it's sitting there and they say, oh, your Bitcoin, you know, it's 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 no better than gold. You can't earn a yield on Bitcoin. And then hang on, there's these companies like BlockFi and Celsius and Nexo and um, Crypto.com, and they're all offering you um a yield on your coin. So so that's something we actually looked at. And um, Alex Mashinsky, uh, uh, is he um, charismatic? I don't know, but uh, he's certainly outspoken. And uh, he, he, he has a few claims to his name that may not stack up uh, when I dug a little bit further. Is the internet uh, stuff? Yeah, so he claims that he's the inventor of voice over IP, which we're taking mm. advantage of here. But um, sure. Can't really find too much information on it. Yeah, you know, uh, unbank yourself. That's the slogan, isn't it? So um, he, he, he talks the right talk. Um, but I think the, the main reason to be skeptical of the platform is the is the um, native token, the fact that they have this native coin and that they offer yield. Anyway, I'm, I'm probably jumping the gun here, Mike. So. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's probably... Um, we can continue on in this for another couple of minutes and we can get into a little bit more detail on it later. But they didn't always have the nat- native token because I remember when you mentioned it first, it was, wasn't it 
Bitcoin, you got if you deposited Bitcoin, you got your interest in Bitcoin. Oh yeah, no. Well, they offered that as well, but but well, certainly from when I mean, I I still have a Celsius account. Okay, I, I have I have five euros in it because I took it all out a year ago, um, but I left five euros in because I said, well, you know, these platforms are paying to sign up to, and I said, well, we'll see how it works out. Maybe it's maybe it'll be useful in the future, um, so um, or five dollars I have in it or whatever, but um. But yeah, they certainly had the sell token then, um, and it was outperforming Bitcoin at the time, you know. Um, uh, so, um, and and like you could put Bitcoin in and get interest in your Bitcoin, which is what I did um, in Bitcoin, um, or you could get your interest in the sell token. And the interest in your sell token was maybe two or three times. I think it was more like three times what you could get if you took the interest in Bitcoin. So, um, but of course, you're they're giving you interest in kind of. Uh, you know, um, uh, infinite, almost infinite supply of uh, uh, Ponzi coin. You know, so um, so it's not it's not attractive. Um, but, but that's that's that yeah. Was it, and I, I was just reading it earlier. Like I was trying to figure out like why do they really have the token? But it's for them. It was to get a footprint in the market. You know, to grow the supply. Yes. But as you said, it's it's infinite. They they can just keep minting that coin. Yeah, and I'm, I'm probably being a bit unfair there. I mean, there is a limited amount, but 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 uh, the, the, I mean, you know, a huge amount of it goes to the founders, and and the argument is that well, we need that in our we give out a certain amount, and we there's an initial coin offering, and we need that in order to fund the actual thing and set it up. And okay, you can understand all of that, um, but when that token then uh, has to feed back into keeping the whole thing going, um, there there just are Ponzi mechanics there, and um, in basically the guys who get in there first and get the coins for next to nothing. Thing are the guys who profit out of it, and everyone who pays afterwards are the ones who who get screwed. So. I think it was like twenty cent um, for the pre-offering for the token, and it was about seventy percent was of the supply was taken at that stage. Yeah. And, and and I mean there was relative transparency. It's interesting about Celsius because I did look into Celsius and and BlockFi quite a bit. And um, Celsius, they did have kind of their white paper on Celsius and they did outline what was going to happen. Um, it was just a little bit muddy, okay? And and the other thing about uh, Celsius is they didn't ask me anything every week. So you could actually get on and ask Mashinsky questions every week. But when it came to the sell token and questions on the sell token, I found the answers a little bit unclear and a little bit evasive, and that made me a little bit uncomfortable. And um, uh, certainly, every time I mention Celsius, you know, your, your reaction is more or less get your coins off there <laughs> ASAP uh, from the start. You know, but well, I had. I'm not sure why you, you were so skeptical about it, but uh... I, I was always skeptical of Celsius. But I did look at BlockFi myself, and I did put some Bitcoin on there for a short period of time. I sure. think they were paying about six or seven percent at the time yeah and for your first bitcoin or whatever yeah so pretty quickly they cut that down to like four and i just saw and they obviously they were saying it was fud at the time but this was probably 2020 there was was it 2020 or last year maybe but there was a lot of um people on twitter you know questioning how they were making that yield Hmm. so i definitely started to get a little precarious and then it was just the celsius stuff looked even scammier 
Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we did talk about this at the time, you know, and our conclusion was you shouldn't be putting, you know, you should only be putting a small percentage of your stack in there, if if anything, you know, and, and I mean, certainly that's, I don't think you did any more than that, neither did I, so. No. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So we, we can get into that a little bit earlier or a bit, little bit later. Um, so another thing we were going to talk about in general was the whole yield farming uh, situation and how these companies actually uh, generate yield or so-called yield. So I think um, I might give a quick rundown first, Steve, and uh, interject there if you want just a quick um, differential between uh, proof of stake and uh, proof of work. So yep. we covered proof of work a, a good bit last week when we were talking about the Bitcoin mining. Um, essentially, proof of stake is another uh, system for validating um, and minting new coins into the ecosystem. So I guess the most famous one would be Ethereum. So where you have... Famous one to be. <laughs> to be, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually true, yeah. Um, but where you have um, uh, miners in proof of work, you have something called validators in in uh, proof of stake and how you the cost of participation where and what you use to win the blocks in bitcoin is obviously energy but it's actually mm -hmm. holding the tokens in proof of work that gives you the more say so the more tokens you hold proof of stake. the more um say you have in how that network is governed um so obviously the there is a few issues uh with this uh, basically, it's uh, much easier to take uh, control over the network because you can actually just purchase the tokens. So it is a monetary thing. If you have the capital there, you can mm -hmm. um, buy um, the majority supply of tokens. And it's the largest token owners that are going to get a say in what happens the the network. Um, it's quite like um, a startup company or a venture capitalist where they'll take X amount of shares in the company when they go public. And it is the creators of these proof of um, stake systems that will, you know, they'll have the most uh, say in what happens. We've seen uh, proof of stake um, blockchains being rolled back for um, if, if they've been hacked or anything, or they've been hard forked. Um, and it can come down to one person or one company's um, say in it. Um, so obviously when you have that much centralization, it, it creates a risk for the everyday user. Um, even though the, the entry into a proof of stake system can be quite quite low because tokens can be dirt cheap you're really not getting anything to you know so any controlling can, stake can i ask you a question so i i actually don't know how ethereum's proof of stake is planned to be rolled out so yep. um are, is the plan just to proof of stake basically where the tokens are now they are the people who hold the tokens and they're the ones who have the say or is there a plan to try and redistribute it in any way or Presumably not. As far as I know, it's what's going to uh, the way it is, and that will just co copy across. So what what they're going to do is they have different shards of the blockchain. 
So a group of validators will have one shard and another group will have another because seemingly the blockchain now is too big um, okay. for everybody to run a validation node. And that's okay. not even every day people that's big companies mm -hmm. that there will be one or two that will have the whole chain but in general it will be people just have shards and different sections and what they're going to do for the merge is they're going to slot those um shards into the mainnet now and that's how the migration is going to that's is going to carry over that's the plan anyway um i think it's august so we will see august 2022 <laughs> yes yes seemingly so actually i read a, a phrase in gg's i think it was bitcoin is time the piece um so with proof of work it's a trust in physics to determine what happens and in proof of okay. stake it's a trust in humans to determine what happens yeah. so i think that's sure that, yeah. that explains it quite well um so moving on from there, and that's just to give a little bit of background on how these um, proof of stake coins work, because they're the ones where you generally find the yield farming on, and it kind of gives you an idea of when things go wrong, that centralization comes back into focus, um, and maybe a little bit more of the, the control. So Steve, in broad terms, do you want to give me an explanation of what yield is in traditional finance? Uh, well, I mean, usually when you're talking about yield, um, your percentage yield is um, your APR on whatever asset that you're um, that you're working with. Um, so, I mean, your yield on a US treasury, for example, says a one-year treasury and the yield is 3%, which, you know, it's higher than that now. But but let's say it is, that's your year, yield is your, your kind of annual percentage rate return. So that'd be 3% yield. Um, uh, and in terms of crypto, um, so, so obviously the denominator there is the US dollar. So you're getting a 3% return in the US dollar, okay? So if you if you you know deposit your Bitcoin with BlockFi and they say they're going to give you three percent in the year, that three percent return is in Bitcoin. Um, if you deposited your Bitcoin with Celsius, they would get you three percent. Um, I can't remember the rate of Celsius. Let's say it's three percent Bitcoin uh, in in the year. Um, or you could take it in the sell token, and they might give you ten percent or twelve percent in the sell token. Okay, um, relative value. So obviously, as the sell token fluctuates with Bitcoin, that could be more sell token one week. It might could be less than the next week. You know, and obviously, it would be lots and lots of sell token at the moment. Um, so, but the point is that you're getting your return in um, a, a different denominator, and those denominators all have different volatility. Now, obviously, Bitcoin is very volatile, and that is that's positives and negatives for both you know yourself and for the person who's trying to pay it. And Bitcoin is very very strong. Maybe it gets more difficult to pay it um, if, if, if Bitcoin, well, or, or, or maybe it gets easier to pay it. If Bitcoin weakens, you know, it might be more difficult because they're not be able to get the same return on it. So, I mean, does that does that sum it up reasonably well for you? Yeah, I think that covers it, and I think you hit on the point there. That is the pertinent question. It's like so that if they're paying that three times that amount in mm. that sell token. Where is that coming from? Like they have to generate that somewhere, you know? Sure. So what are they doing with your actual, um, your assets that you've um, deposited on the site? What happens mm -hmm. to, from that point? Like they're clearly not sitting there and it's not a deposit account where they're paying these crazy. Sure. 
rates. I, I would make one differentiation though. Sell token probably me using that maybe wasn't the best example because Celsius, for example, may have a, a wallet of that which is just used used specifically to pay yields so they hold it back and that's actually not liquidity in the environment then they dump it in and basically they're inflating it you know it, it the supply is inflating and you know so so but, but is say, that and just to counter that is that yes. a sustainable model like you know how absolutely much are not. they yeah, absolutely exactly. not no absolutely not um <laughs> but you know that's 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 you know that that's not dissimilar to what's happening with you know the dollars if if you print dollars or whatever but um let's say you're you have your money in uh tether okay in, in usdt okay and and you're earning 10 percent, 12 percent on tether and we won't go into how stable tether is or whatever else okay but but let's say tether is actually a stable stable coin which it, it has been more or less so far um and they're giving you 10, 12% yield on your US dollars, okay? Well, that's different and that's that's exactly what you're getting at there. Well, that is a big yield and 10, 12% yield is not easy to get. And, you know, you don't get 12, 10 or 12% for just depositing your dollars in the bank, okay? And there's there are reasons for that because of the macro, macroeconomic situation and so on. But even if, you know, everything was hunky-dory, 10 or 12% is pretty unlikely for doing nothing with your money, okay? Uh, so how are they generating that? And I think that's that was your next point. Yeah, exactly. So I actually have an example and it's from Alan Farrington's article, Only the Strong Survive. So he actually oh, yeah. breaks down what happens to generate this yield. So inter- interject if you have any questions because sure. it's not overly straightforward. So we'll take an example if a person has 1500 uh dollars worth of ethereum okay so they will take that ethereum and deposit it into um a lending platform called maker right so for that they get a thousand dollars worth of die stable coin in return a thousand five hundred or a thousand a thousand because it's over collateralized to a certain extent so that's there that if the price of ethereum drops that they're covered and you have that little bit of maneuver before you get margin called on it. Yeah. And DAI is the dollar stable coin. DAI is the, uh, yet yeah, the stable coin that maker has. Okay. Mm-hmm. So once the user receives that DAI, they take that and they also take a thousand euro of, let's say tether. Okay. Stable coin. This is and something basic- that they do separately. This is like the next step. So they've, they've got their, they're dying now, so they're moving mm-hmm. on to the next step. So they take their thousands uh, dollars. Sorry, we'll stick with dollars. Thousand dollar of die, and they also have just sitting in on an exchange a thousand dollars worth of tether. So what mm-hmm. they do is they take the two of them, and mm-hmm. they find something called a trading pool, um, like Curve Three, and they become a liquidity provider. So you're providing yeah. your liquidity to um, this trading pool. And so essentially- it's an exchange, basically. You're, you're the maker or the market maker or whatever. Exactly. And usually these come in pairs. So you'd pair one asset with another. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's DAI and Tether. Usually it is a stable coin with um, some sort of token. Um, so you'd put them into something like Curve 3 pool and you become a liquidity provider and you have $2,000 staked in that pool now. Okay. So as a liquidity provider, 
you get fees for providing uh, that service. And yes. you're also granted a token, a governing token um, called Curve. Okay. I think okay. that's probably what the sell token is. Okay, um, so on top of getting the, this um, curve token uh, for being the liquidity provider, um, it's basically a governance token and the value of that token derives from the governing rights. So the more you have in, the more um, curve token you have, the more voting rights you have, like enabling access or enabling access to the treasury to increase liquidity or increasing the supply of the actual tokens. So these actually don't really do anything else. Like they have no other purpose only for you put your money in the liquidity pool and you get these uh, tokens. So these tokens are like like share in an equity, like you, you own a share of a company, you get voting rights in the company, that sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. But in, a, in and of themselves, they don't have much because liquidity pools can be created and destroyed. You know, there's they're not there for a fixed period of time or anything, you know, because in general, users can withdraw whenever. Mm -hmm. um, so you might get less of the token for withdrawing early, but okay. th there's but presumably, no... Presumably these governance tokens have a market value themselves, though, and they can be bought and sold, yeah. Yeah, and the market value of these tokens is going to derive from the liquidity coming into the into the pool. Because if okay. there's no liquidity coming into the pool, the token's worth. Uh, it's it's not worth anything. Mm -hmm. So if you take the CRV token, then you can actually lend that out in another uh, lending protocol such as Aave. And basically, it's just another decentralized um, platform for, for lending. So if, if you lend out those tokens, you get more interest on them. Um, and once, the, um, so you get the interest on them and or else you can go back and you can uh, collateralize them against other stable coins in uh, different protocols. So once you get that to that stage, you can essentially go back to stage two um, okay. where you're depositing in the liquidity pool again. So mm -hmm. essentially what you're doing is you're rehypothecating the same crypto over and over again in an endless cycle. And okay. it's it's clearly very convoluted. Like it's not something that no. is easy to explain uh, no. because there's so, so many moving parts in there. So, so the curve token uh, as you're talking about that you get paid interest on that. Do you know what that interest is paid in? Is it paid in curve tokens or? It's paid in curve token. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's just like an overview of how this works on uh, on Ethereum. So these mm -hmm. are all Ethereum based, um, but. This system exists on pretty much all the proof of stake layer one chain. So if you have Solana, you have Terra, as we'll talk about, you know, they all have their own um, systems where you're mm -hmm. essentially just using the same crypto and leveraging yourself and over collateralizing yourself. Or you can sustain these systems is new capital coming in. Once that capital starts drying up and the value of these tokens starts dropping, there's a, essentially like people are just going to pull out of the liquidity pools. Yeah. So this is the Luna situation. This is the, the Luna situation. Yeah. 
Um, do, do, do you have any other comments on that in general, or do, will we just? Um... No, I think that that's 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 good. Um, I I think I would need to look at it more closely again to fully get my head around it. Um, and you know, if if they're over collateralized, presumably at some point you can't continue to endlessly rehypothecate it, you know, um, but, uh, well, the, but yeah, the problem uh, occurs like when the, the value of the token, you know, Ethereum, drops. Yeah. The initial, yeah. Your initial collateral. Yeah. Or what are yeah, you mean? Any of them, I, I think it's anywhere along the chain. Like, you know, if any mm-hmm. of those tokens drop, um, it depends on how over collateralized and how leveraged you are you know, you can yeah. run into problems pretty quickly, but I can imagine mm-hmm. just how easy it is to to lose your shirt on something like that. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, talk a little bit about um, Luna then. So Luna, again, was a smart contract system, proof of stake, and um, I don't think anyone was overly shocked about this either like um it was mm. i think from about february people were really starting to call it out that there may be issues in how they um how, how the system was set up and i think it came on to our radar probably is when they started buying a lot of bitcoin mm. um in february and march i hadn't really paid much attention to it it was just another altcoin yep um but they like they heavily bought I guess, like 1.8 billion dollars worth over the space of Huge a amount. couple of weeks. Huge amount, yeah. And they they had planned to um, I think it was 10 billion or something. They they had planned uh, planned to eventually buy it, and basically that was used to shore up uh, Luna uh, just in case mm-hmm. anything happened. That they'd have the Bitcoin there as um, collateral. Yeah, I, I think they, they were spotting cracks in the system and it was kind of a uh, crap. If we don't do something about this, this whole thing is going to come crashing down around us and it didn't matter. It, was too, it did eventually. Not so even that the, long the, after, very shortly afterwards. It was it was so quick. Yeah, it really was. But I think once they had announced their whole system and how it worked and what they needed to do, that was the writing on the wall. Like it was going to be um, exploited. And mm-hmm. it was uh, pretty quickly. Um, so just a quick background on it. It's, uh, as I said, a proof of stake smart contract. And it the difference between this one and some of the others is it's based on an algorithmic, algorithmic uh, stablecoin. So it's yeah. not like where you have Tether, which is backed, air quotes, by uh, one-to-one with dollars or treasury bills. But they say it's collateralized to a certain extent. Uh, The algorithmic ones aren't. So they rely on this algorithm to keep their coin uh, in in sync with their stablecoin in terms of value. So really, you were always supposed to be able to redeem $1 worth of Luna for $1 worth of... um, UST, UST. Uh, which which is their um, which is their stablecoin. So this actually was a hundred and sixteen dollars. Um, Luna Feb- was Luna was yeah in February, and by the middle of May it was like sub one cent by a, 
a crazy amount of decimals like it was one of the yes, quickest yeah, yeah, crashes nine, i've nine. ever seen like like once this yeah. thing went into its death spiral it just happened so quickly like and mm-hmm. i think we have to say that the amount of money that was lost in this um and it wasn't just everyday people there was like lots of hedge funds seemingly tied up celsius seem to have uh, yeah. quite a large stake in it and yeah. you like it just goes to show where your yield is actually coming from if it's something like this yeah well i mean the founder i think do kwan was you know uh, uh, what's the word uh, obnoxiously overconfident i mean if you if you look back in some of his you know they had twitter quotes the kind of beggar's belief in retrospect you know the, the, one of the best uh, comments I read was it was probably Corey Clipston. It was uh, massive Elizabeth Holmes vibes off this guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, was that definitely... was that pre or post crash? Oh, it was well before it. Like it was. Um, yeah, for it was. I think it might have been when he was explaining uh, about the Bitcoin purchases. But um, okay. But anyway, so so Luna, what they said they were was programmable money for the internet, spend and save and stake like never before. So, uh, like at one stage, it had um sixty billion um uh, dollar market cap. That's between Luna, Terra USD, and whatever Bitcoin and other uh assets they had back in it. And what the idea was and how the algorithmic stablecoin worked is if uh, your UST went above um, $1, it would give traders the opportunity to get the difference and burn some Luna, and that would create more UST, bringing the price back down to $1. Mm -hmm. And the inverse then, if the UST went below $1, uh, there'd be an opportunity mm-hmm. to create more Luna and burn some of the UST. So again, the UST was supposed to remain around $1. So the price of Luna could be volatile. That didn't matter. Uh, but the more demand for that UST then drove the price of um, Luna much higher. Mm-hmm. So one of the design flaws in that then was like it basically gave them the opportunity to print unlimited amounts of luna because if they were it's it's like a currency peg you know so Mm -hmm. if they were saying um we need we need to control the price there was always going to be that um aspect there that they were always going to be able to throw unlimited amounts of luna at it Mm-hmm. Um, so their their actual pool that people invested in um, was called uh, Anchor, and we were talking about mm-hmm. some of the yields earlier. But the the yields on Anchor were twenty percent. Yeah, like just absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, there's a relatively famous video. I I, I don't. I'm sure you remember. There's a teenager who's you know, trying to educate people on how to make money in crypto. And uh, he's talking about getting a 20% yield on the Anchor Protocol and how it's going to help him to afford this million-dollar house and, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, one of the TikTok in- investors, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, exactly. That's exactly what it was, yeah. I don't know. Do you know the video? No, I probably haven't watched it now, in okay. fairness. Yeah. Uh, he was probably right for a while anyway, um, if you got your you know, money out in time. yeah supreme overconfidence in in the video but you know i mean it's 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 kind of preying on uh, people like that you know oh absolutely it just looks like such such an easy win you know just deposit your money Mm -hmm. in here 
and you know it's it's just compounding on top of it and mm-hmm. and it was because like like from the the way the price of luna was rising as well like it just looked mm. Amazing. Well, I mean, this guy's this guy's plan was to borrow a huge amount of money to convert it all uh, to UST or, or Luna, presumably, and and deposit deposit it into the Anchor Protocol and earn twenty percent on the loan that he had borrowed. Or you know, it was just madness, you know. And, and basically, the interest on the loan was going to pay for the mortgage on the house. You know, it's incredible stuff. That's crazy, yeah. And I just can't imagine the amount of people that went all in on something like that. Just saw it as an opportunity of yeah, um, a lifetime, and just went for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure plenty of people got lucky. Like you could imagine, some of the bigger investors got out in um, mm-hmm. in time. You know, there's a couple of famous well, ones. That... Yeah, apparently that's 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 part of the scandal is that uh, a lot of them did. Um, so what basically happened was with the price of Luna rising and the 20%, near 20% yield, it was just dragging more and more people into the system. But when, um, the financial markets started to take a turn around April and the start of May, there was pretty much a rush for the U S dollar. And, mm-hmm. do you know, a lot of money started falling out of that. And, do you know, once the, um, the demand for the USD, then the the because people were pulling money out of everywhere. Like it wasn't just um, Luna. Like the, it was the whole like you could see stocks, Bitcoin, everything was um, you know they were dropping quite considerably. But basically, this spiraled into a bank run on um, Luna. So people were converting UST to uh luna but it had lost its peg so it wasn't one-to-one with the the dollar Mm -hmm. you know and then there was like the the actual everyone's trying to dump ust then everyone's just trying to get yeah and there was the the luna protocol was actually time gating people you know so you got locked but the price was dropping so when they when you know when they released that it was just um absolute carnage Mm -hmm. um so it, it made luna backing the the ust it was pointless like and they ended up like to get the try get the peg back um mm-hmm. the amount of luna went from 345 million to 6.5 trillion over five days like it was hyperinflation like you mm-hmm. um you couldn't imagine and then um at that time, they had their eighty thousand Bitcoin and other assets, but it didn't. It didn't even slow it down. Like once that debt spiral started, like it was all over. Yeah, no, Bitcoin wasn't holding up to uh, to counteract it. No, and like the, we we got large drops in Bitcoin because of mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, but look, uh, that's one of the differences between um this crypto industry and traditional finance there's nobody to step in like if it's if it's not a company that's coming in to to rescue you for additional yields like there's certainly no rescue for them but what i would say is one of the biggest scams i've ever seen within two weeks um luna 2 was (laughs) uh launched (laughs) and it's it's absolutely insane. Like you just reading threads on Twitter and people are like, 
you know, when am I getting my airdrop? How am I, how, how long do I have to stay locked up for? Like you've just been scammed for everything you own. Yeah. You know, that, that said, if you've been scammed for everything you own, you're probably, you know, you're going to take any, you know, hope that's thrown your way. You know, you're, you're, you're hoping just to claim anything back, you know, or claw something back. But, but like yeah, how you yeah, would yeah, have any, any yeah, belief yeah. in in that system no. or Do Kwan because I know he's created other stable coins in the past mm-hmm. and they blew yeah. up as well. Like that. Look, um, so if I, you've I think... lost everything, you know, if you've lost everything, you're, you know, as long as you're not paying more in, you'll you'll accept any airdrops. You know, I I did see one guy had lost sixty grand and his airdrop was three hundred dollars. <laughs> And I think you had to lock that up for two years or something that like you weren't getting the $600 now, but I thought it was really bad. And I think it's the whole industry outside Bitcoin is all the exchanges listed it. Like, do you know, there wasn't anything there. Like there was pushback from Bitcoiners mainly. Like, it's like, this is scummy out. Like, Mm -hmm. look, what's just happened. Mm -hmm. And within two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Luna 2. Um, right before, you know, Celsius properly crashed, did you see the Mashinsky tweet? Where, uh, where he, About he, saying any user could withdraw that one? No, well, there was that, yeah. But there was also a tweet where he said, the strength of Celsius is our community and we'll all band together to build the next Celsius, you know. And I did, <laughs> I just, did. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was the writing on the wall. Like, so, so that's still definitely an ongoing story because the price actually went up today. Like, um, it went Mm. up quite a bit. Like, it went back up over a dollar. Well, they've they've banned withdrawals, you know, uh, and it's not the same situation with uh, Luna where you can have this debt spiral. You know, it's it's not it's not you know it's. It's not the same thing, but at the same time, once they open up withdrawals, what do you think everyone's going to do? No, no one's going to leave run. money on Celsius. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there is a run. But you, you saying that? Like, I think a lot of their investment seemingly is in something called is it staked ETH? Yes. And um, there is definite. I, I haven't really looked into that yet, but there's definitely issues with that, and it turns out that Celsius could be one of the biggest bag holders on that. Mm-hmm that um they can't redeem one-to-one for the ethereum like so if they take it out now it's only worth a fraction so they may not have mm-hmm. enough to cover uh customers deposits yeah and look i'm not certain that celsius is intentionally scammy you know you'd like to hope that they do have their depositors interests you know at heart and that they do everything they can to honor them you know but um you know you you I certainly wouldn't be very comfortable if I was, if I had a considerable amount with them, you know? No. Um, but I, I think like it was a couple of months ago that the terms and conditions of these like BlockFi and Celsius were released or mm-hmm. updated. I think it, they, they had been updated and basically said in the result of bankruptcy that um, depositors accounts could be used um, to pay creditors. So, like, when you sure. see that in writing right in front, you, you know, like, you're pretty much first on the chopping block if, if anything goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's not all that different. I mean, look, you, if you have a DeGiro account, you know, and you have, 
um, assets with the Giro. I mean, it's the same thing there. I mean, you you have the first twenty thousand or something is insured, but that can happen too. You know, particularly if you you were talking about rehypothecation. I mean, that that happens with stocks and bonds and all that stuff as well. Like when you sign up for a trading account with the Giro, they offer you the option. You know, do you want uh, us to be able to rehypothecate your assets or not? You know, and if if you let them rehypothecate, they give you more favorable favorable uh, trading terms. You pay lower fees and so on. You know, um, but you know. It's, I mean, it's not your keys, not your coin. It's the same with your money in the bank. I mean, it's in the bank. It's a promise to give you it back. They don't. It's not yours anymore. You know. So it's not. Um, you, you are right, and like in theory, it's the same. But in practice, I think the risks are far higher. Um, yeah, I think so too. In the in in crypto. Um, yeah, I think so. And again, it's like such a young industry. Like you're going to see all these uh, companies come and go. You know that they're going to um, try innovate yeah. with these these products. Like there, of course, there will be pure scams out there as well. That people like Luna, which was a pure mm-hmm. scam. I, I don't think there's any doubt yeah. about that. It, you know, you've heard of it referred to before as the Wild West. You know, for finance, and it is. It is. You know, there there's great potential out there, and there's there's big risk as well. Yeah, I I just like without giving any financial advice i'd be steering well clear of anything that like you don't clearly understand i've done a lot of reading now recently on um this yield thing and these uh, ecosystems but to say i understand mm-hmm. even like a fraction of it will be overstating mm-hmm. it you know there's just so many different moving pieces and when you can't see what's happening your money I know yeah. you, you can't see it in a bank either, what they're actually doing with your money. But in terms mm-hmm. of risk, you would think that um, you would hope it's um, the, the, yeah, the industry. That, 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 definitely. Yeah. I mean, look, you have no choice in, you know, in society. You, you have to have a bank account. Okay. If you want to get paid, um, you know, you, you have to have a bank account. People don't pay you cash. So, you, look, you've no choice. You have to interact with the banking system. It's very difficult not to. I'm sure there, there are people who opt out, but depending on your industry, you, you can't. You know, you, you kind of have to opt in. And for the most part, you know, um, it's okay, you know, but there's there's still that risk there. You know, it's just it's 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 a lot lower than it is with kind of a, a crypto startup. Yeah, like in theory, the, the whole idea of decentralized finance does sound very promising and amazing it just hasn't mm-hmm. been like a proper implementation well, well and, because... and it's and it's a misnomer isn't it you know i mean celsius is not DeFi. you know BlockFi is not DeFi. they're very much centralized you know but they're they're kind of often chucked in under that umbrella of, of DeFi. you know yeah it's 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 like the whole blockchain thing it's it's mainly marketing like if you know if you can find a use case around it you know you get your you get the money maybe you won't anymore but uh mm-hmm. yeah it, it's definitely not it's like it's all decentralized until something goes wrong and you quickly mm-hmm. see how centralized it becomes like just look at celsius like everyone yeah. is waiting just to see machine machinsky or whatever his name is uh tweet or come up with a, a resolution but uh i checked to see if he tweeted anything today i think he's been very quiet let's see um, he is uh good stuff do you have anything else to to add on that no 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 um um what what else are we talking about are we i think that's all we had um 
I mean, what we'd say Celsius is uh, yield. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we study Bitcoin, and I think you know our intention was to talk about mining again and um there's been so much news i suppose in crypto uh, as a whole that that's why we felt we needed to, to well we wanted to talk about this stuff anyway just because it's it's ongoing but um uh we we will get back to studying bitcoin next week definitely more more mining uh talk next week but yeah no and in fairness people had asked me um about it what was going on you know and a lot of it was related to the why there was so many drops in the price in bitcoin and obviously these tie in you know because there, there is bitcoin tied up in in the system but at the end of the day like yeah, these companies it's, it's, it's can fa- they can fall by the wayside but the actual bitcoin network just keeps um putting out blocks like it's it has zero effect on the, the network itself like the monetary yeah. um, value is is uh, volatile, but it doesn't yeah. have any effect at all on the network. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and TikTok Steve, I'll block. finish TikTok next block. I'll finish with the question. I you should be prepared for this week to see if you'd read any interesting articles. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, a uh, no i don't have any interesting articles um but i will i will uh call you back to uh it's actually been shared widely on twitter to a podcast uh which preston pish did on his um uh investors in podcast in february was um, it in millennial i think it was january or february uh, millennial investing yeah. where he talked about bitcoin and uh, listening back to it it is basically like a point for point prediction of what is happening right now uh in uh, the macroeconomic situation and with bitcoin specifically you know um so i would encourage you to go have a look at that one on uh, millennial investing uh, i think it was january february with, with preston pishan uh, oh it's it's it. not um it's not tip it's someone else's podcast is it it actually is in the TIP network, um, but it's not okay. the Bitcoin podcast. It's Millennial Investing with one of the other producers whose name I, I think it's Clay, um, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So, um, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely worth a listen. It was And, and uh, uh, a Preston has a particularly colorful uh, monopoly analogy uh, for how Bitcoiners uh, are, are, are disrupting or, or may disrupt things. So. Very good. I'll check that out. Um... The, the only things I really read this week were what we talked about. Um, there was Lynn Alden article on the mm-hmm. Luna thing and then the Nick Carter article as well. Um, I think you should mm-hmm. read them anyway. They're, they're not that long, but they, they, they explain it um, really well. Um, so definitely worth reading. There is an article, I think it is on Bitcoin Pro... Though um, that looks into Celsius a bit deeper, I only read one of the the Twitter okay. threads, uh, but I might check that out as well. But mm-hmm. uh, thanks again for your time, Steve, and back to Bitcoin mining next week. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Mike. Take it easy. <laughs>